Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and in today's episode we are talking about legislative frameworks for the building industry. Now this is a continuation and I'm joined again by Leo Bavetti who is the the program manager for the European Green Deal at Siemens Smart Infrastructure. Leo, thanks for joining us. Hi John, thanks for having me again. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, Leo, last time we caught up, we talked about the European Green Deal. Uh, And at a top level, the European Green Deal includes a huge amount of different legislations and regulatory expectations, all driving towards having this net zero uh, EU at 2050. And we also dived in a little bit into some of the specific packages which are relevant for the building industry. And here was the Fit for 55 package and some of the different pieces around energy efficiency, uh, building control and expectation, and and, and some other pieces, uh, e-mobility, EV charging within buildings, etc. And today I'd like to dive in a little bit more into some of these these different uh, pillars, let's call it, as part of the European Green Deal. So so let's do that. Let's dive straight in. The European Green Deal is a collection of many, many different pieces of legislation, uh, like we mentioned. What, what are the relevant pillars? What are the relevant pieces for the building industry? Yes, that's uh, uh, an important topic here. And uh, maybe I just quickly recall to start with, with the building specific uh, uh, targets. So uh, the EU must reduce greenhouse gas emissions from buildings by 60% and their energy consumption by 14%. And also there is out uh, uh, an indicative target to uh, uh, really uh, go for renewable energies for 49% in the building sector. And all this is, of course, set out to lead us to this net zero emission building stock. So the foundation to support these goals is basically built uh, uh, on on five pillars, I would say. Uh, Three uh, important, very important directives, then a newly proposed emission trading system, but also a so-called social climate fund. And let me quickly give an overview of these elements and I would start with the directives part here. So first there is this energy efficiency directive, EED, the abbreviation of this. Under this directive, all EU countries are required to use energy more efficiently at all stages of the energy chain. So including energy generation, transmission, distribution, and end use consumption as well. The second directive I'd like to mention is the Renewable Energy Directive, RED. Now this directive sets rules for the EU to achieve the currently valid uh, or proposed 40% renewable targets by 2030 with this indicative target for buildings of 49% I was mentioning. And the Renewable Energy Directive is basically then the legal framework for the development of renewable energy across all sectors of the EU economy. Then the third uh, pillar of this uh, of this directive frameworks uh, is the Energy Performance of Building Directive, EPBD. Uh, So this aims to promote the improvement of the energy performance of buildings, as it says in the term, uh, within the European Union. So this takes into account uh, uh, outdoor climatic and local conditions, as well as indoor climate uh, requirements, and also uh, takes into account cost effectiveness uh, requirements. These are not the only uh, directives. Uh, so uh, you correctly mentioned that there is a, a huge set of uh, of directives or regulations that uh, is being revised or even even defined uh, newly in the frame of the Fit for 55 package. 
And maybe just to touch quickly on two other ones, which I didn't know, did not include now in my five pillars, but there is also uh, something called governance uh, regulation, which helps the EU reach the, the climate and energy targets. And this uh, regulation on the governance sets common rules for planning, reporting and monitoring, which is also important because you need always to, to monitor and to, to see where are you on your uh, way there. So um, it ensures that the EU planning and reporting are synchronized with the ambition uh, cycles under the Paris Agreement uh, again. Another example that uh, more uh, comes up more and more prominently and also has a relation to buildings, even, even though maybe someone would not think about it in the first uh, uh, guess there, is uh, the sustainable product policy and eco-design legislation or, or and energy labeling. Uh, which are basically effective tools for improving the energy efficiency and sustainability of products. Now, this uh, why products and buildings? So uh, these products help to eliminate the, the least performing products from the market and support industrial competitiveness and innovation, basically by promoting a better environmental uh, performance of these products. So the, the, the deals push for circular economy will certainly uh, encourage increased use of recycled materials and improvements to energy efficiency in buildings, buildings, building design as well. Just to mention one example here, uh, maybe or likely some boiler types uh, would no longer be allowed based on this uh, this uh, regulation deal. But let me come back to the next pillar, the fourth pillar, and uh, this is why I want really to frame it around these five pillars, because now we, we talked a little bit about directives, but there um, are also elements that are related to, to financial uh, um, topics there. So one pillar is this uh, uh, newly coming up or proposed emission trading system for buildings and uh, road transport. So this is to address the, the growing emission from, from these sectors I was just mentioning in a cost-effective way. Uh, so it's, it's a financial instrument. And uh, tied to this, there is also, and this would be then the, basically the proposed fifth pillar here, this, uh, this is a new proposal uh, for the Social Climate Fund. So this is to, uh, to address the social impact of uh, carbon pricing in, the, uh, in all the sectors, basically. Uh, 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 all the sectors, meaning building and transport sectors. Uh, you must know that a quarter of this revenue from this emission trading system I was mentioning would be directed into this, this instrument, the Social Climate Fund. Uh, with the target to support uh, vulnerable groups uh, and mitigate energy and mobility poverty. And this is, uh, this is then usually also complemented with, uh, uh, with financing from, from member, member states as well. Uh, and maybe a last point around this that I would like to mention, and it's also important to know, there is always kind of a principle as a guiding principle in place. The guiding principle is energy efficiency first. So this is the acknowledgement that uh, Europe's biggest domestic energy source is energy efficiency. And this, this principle really uh, uh, says also we must remove uh, barriers that prevent uh, somehow energy efficiency improvements. We must uh, develop uh, and, for, and enforce concrete policies uh, really to uh, prioritize uh, energy efficiency uh, topics. Okay, but uh, what you have seen now with this summary is that uh, uh, the one goes not without the other. These uh, policies, these instruments, these pillars, they must really work hand in hand and must uh, complement each other really to commonly support the overall objectives towards uh, a net zero building stock. 
He understands. And 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 here's where I'd like to dive in a little bit more detail there because, as you mentioned, you, you just had your five pillars, um, three different directives, some financial uh, approaches as well, some financial vehicles to help support and, and drive the investment in this space. What are some of the common objectives or what are the, some of the common uh, guiding uh, guiding topics across these different directives that really push us towards that guiding principle that you mentioned of energy efficiency? Where, where are some of the areas where where people can focus so that they know that they're pushing in the right direction yeah sure uh, this is uh, i was mentioning about the different directives and in each of these directives you have uh, supporting means uh, that, that that will will drive towards this common direction so uh, we talked a little bit in our first episode our uh, green deal overall already about uh, some elements so let, let me just uh, come back to the to the main objectives that uh, that are required uh, to to be pushed uh, to achieve the net zero uh, building stock uh, in in 2050 so in a nutshell uh, this is basically uh, one is increase the rate of uh, energy renovations we talked a little bit about this already increase not only the rate but this would be the second one not only the rate but also the depth uh, so of energy renovations, so bigger renovations not just uh, um, touching the surface somehow the third point is, uh, and this is not coming as a surprise, is uh, uh, decarbonization at all stages of the building life cycle. Then we also talked, I think it was in the first episode already, about the kind of the exemplary role of the public sector. So it's always, uh, I mentioned there are the dif- different different flavors uh, on uh, on this legislation also for public sector versus residential uh, buildings, for instance. So the, the, there is an exemplary role uh, to be taken by the public sector. Then uh, we need uh, uh, to support better planning and information on buildings. So really to act and to measure as well. We need to drive investments in energy efficiency uh, in buildings. Uh, with the Social Climate Fund, I was mentioning before, we need to fight uh, uh, energy poverty and deliver uh, also decent living conditions for, for everyone. And an important next point would be also a digitalization of smart buildings uh, for energy system integration. And all this is not uh, not working if we are not uh, driving gearing towards the, the, the next or the last objective I want to mention is the, the upscale of the, of the workforce also in the building sector. Understand. So lots of areas to work. Um, lots of spaces also for improvement, recognizing that the, the large proportion is specifically in existing buildings which aren't aren't driven, aren't operated in an efficient may an efficient way. Sorry. And here's where I'd like to also understand a little bit. Within these different directives, within these different legislations, how do they differentiate and what are some of the, the differences as an example between new buildings? that are being planned now today are going through the construction and and delivery process and existing buildings that need to be part of this renovation. I think it was one of your first points or first couple of points, increasing the rate of renovation and and increasing the the depth of that renovation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to to talk about some points. Uh, As you can imagine, there are many, many bullet points in all this uh, legislative work, which uh, usually are different uh, or many many pages to read right and not, not uh, everything uh, really digestible reading but anyway uh, some distinctions are ma- mainly made uh, regarding requirements for uh, new construction for existing buildings and uh, for renovation of buildings then additionally there are also partially different requirements set out uh, and defined uh, in, in terms of, of timelines 
uh, also regarding residential versus non-residential buildings. And all these elements uh, need to be considered uh, and be evaluated uh, uh, alongside with the, the particular use case we, we are then talking about. But let me make an example on the uh, on how requirements from different pillars I was mentioning uh, would uh, would contribute or are supposed to contribute to to certain objectives. And I take now as an example, I take the objective uh, to towards digitalization and smart buildings for energy system integration. Now, uh, we have learned a little bit about these different pillars here. So if you look, uh, we'll just read a bit more in, or give a bit more insight in the energy efficiency directive, then there is a requirement that says uh, there uh, is, an, is, a, is a need for implementation of energy management systems in high energy intensive enterprises. So this comes from that part uh, as a requirement. Then there is other requirements coming from the renewable energy directive would also support this this overall uh, objective and this uh, requirement would say so transmission system operators so-called TSOs and distribution system operators so-called DSOs they need to communicate the share of renewable electricity in a transparent way to end users so so that you have really transparency here which already per se is, is, is something that uh, um, is beneficial and then uh, I would say my, uh, probably the most important contribution comes then in this case here from the uh, EPBD, so the Energy Performance of Building Directive. And uh, this one says in this context, uh, buildings uh, need to have measuring and control devices for monitoring and regulation of uh, indoor air quality and separate control of temperature in each room. It says also there uh, is a need of installation of uh, a recharging point in buildings, at least one recharging point per uh, bigger than five parking uh, spaces uh, buildings. There are, of course, more flavors uh, in it, but I make just, uh, just some examples here. Uh, the EPBD also says there is a need for, uh, or a mandatory need for a, a smart readiness indica indicator which is kind of a, of, a, of a scheme that really does what it says. So it, it tells you about the readiness uh, in, in terms of smartness of a building, also in terms of interaction with other things here. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a scheme that is, is required for non-residential buildings in this case. So again, a difference here, residential, non-residential. Then uh, also related to non-residential buildings, uh, the, the EPBD uh, uh, mandates uh, a box, an automation system, uh, for non-residential buildings with uh, HVAC uh, capacity over 290 kilowatt. And uh, other things that come along with the, from the EPBD side is also uh, digital tools uh, in inspection schemes and effective control uh, and monitoring functionalities in buildings and this starting from uh, 2025 onwards. So you see a bit uh, different uh, uh, packages or different directives uh, contribute each one to a specific uh, objective here. Uh, and uh, and so they, therefore uh, you cannot just uh, um, deal with one of these directives. You really need to, to, to oversee a bit the picture uh, because uh, I was saying it probably earlier that uh, it's crucial that uh, these directives work hand in hand, uh, but uh, it's still not one thing only. So it's different elements. And, and so you need to, to do a bit the relation between different things. Yeah, that's a great example, Leo, because it, it really highlights exactly what you're saying, that if you really look at the holistic view, there are so many different elements across the different stakeholders within uh, you know, the flow of the, the generation, the transmission, the, the, the delivery, let's call it, then also the, the consumption 
of, of energy in this space. Um, maybe another quick example, because I think examples are a great way to really demonstrate that that's complexity, let's call it, or, or at least the consideration that you mentioned. You have to think about this holistically rather than in an isolated view. Do you have another quick example for us? Sure, I can make another example and, and let's call it somehow a, a challenge, uh, not, not, not to, to, to call too much complexity, even though you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not not easy thing uh, to, to find the relation. But let me pick maybe a, a, a different example uh, with uh, different elements contributing in this case. And uh, let's uh, give a look at the, at the objective to increase uh, the rate of uh, energy renovations. So here, uh, we have uh, the energy efficiency directive that uh, has really concrete uh, uh, requirements set down. So one of which is on a yearly basis, so year per year, the reduction of uh, total energy consumptions of all public bodies must be 1.7%. So this, this shows you the yearly pathway towards the, the, the target there. So this is, this is a firm requirement in there. Also in this energy efficiency directive, you have this uh, requirement of uh, at least 3% of publicly owned buildings need to be uh, renovated yearly to reach or to, to, to get the status uh, net zero energy buildings. So this is also a firm requirement coming out of the energy efficiency directive. But the energy performance of building directive also contributes to this, uh, to this increased rate of energy renovations. Uh, one element we, we, which is an important one is the so-called uh, MEPS, so Minimum Energy Performance Standards, MEPS. And uh, this uh, um, defines basically what it says, right? So minimum, minimal uh, energy performance standards. And uh, uh, buildings are classified in, in standards or in, in, in a scale from G to A, A being the best one. And uh, this requirement uh, out of the EPVD uh, says basically that the G and F, so the worst performing buildings, they need to become E. So the next level here, or, or the next, the, the over next level in case of the of the last level here, uh, they need to become a better performing building by 2030 for non-residential buildings, and by 2033 for residential buildings. So again, here we see a bit of difference, residential, non-residential, but both of them need to definitely to improve. And then the further down the road, there are further requirements to, to, to scale up, to, to become even more efficient. But in this example, uh, before I talked a little bit about different uh, directives, now we have here in this example, two directives, but here an important role is also this, uh, what I introduced you as, a, as the social climate fund. So it, it plays really a crucial role here as, as well to, by providing financial support for uh, energy efficiency and renovation of buildings, mitigating basically the, clay, the cases where uh, we talk about uh, energy poverty. And you must know that about uh, 7% of European households uh, fall into this uh, category. So these are cases, uh, cases where uh, people or, or bodies are not able to, uh, to, not able or struggling to pay the electricity bills or are obligated to renovate, but do not have the financial means. So putting them into serious troubles. So this means really that the, in this case, also the, the financial aspect uh, becomes uh, really an important factor uh, in, the, in the complete uh, story to contribute to this uh, uh, energy renovation topic. So you see, uh, again, uh, really uh, topics uh, or, or the sources are interlinked, uh, but all of them contribute uh, really to the target toward, uh, towards this uh, you know, 2030, respectively 2050 
uh, objective. Understand, Leo. Thanks so much for those two examples because I think no better no better explanation and way to demonstrate how interlinked these different directives are and the financial vehicles that that go along as part of the European Green Deal. Uh, really great examples, and and I still I still feel like we have more conversations to have. But but thank you so much for that deep dive into a handful of, of these different pillars, these five different pillars that really relate directly to or more directly to the building industry. Um, and, and hey, thanks again for sharing your time and your expertise because it is, a let's say, a, a landscape with many different moving parts. And, and as you've mentioned in previous discussions, many of these directives and many of the details are still being worked out and different socioeconomic or, or, or governmental situations are also driving change at different times in these spaces. So really much more for us to discover and much more for us to learn as an industry in this space. So thank you for joining us again and and uh, sharing your insight. Sure. Thank you for the interesting questions, John. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to, to more conversations in the future, Leo. And uh, a very quick thank you also to everyone listening. Thanks again. Please remember to share, like, comment on this episode. Subscribe to us uh, wherever you are listening to us for this episode and look out for new episodes that could be around this energy efficiency and the European Green Deal or other interesting topics for the building and energy industry. So look out for those every other week. But until we see you then, uh, enjoy and we'll see you soon.